Welcome back to The Double Dose, and I'm your host, Daniel. And I'm your host, Depeche. And we're here to take you from Earth to your pre-slap chicken dinner. All right. Oh, man. Um, it's. I was just laughing earlier because I don't know if you guys remember from episode one, but Dan was getting um, electrified through his mic like he was on Grease Lightning. And um, it reminded me of um, this torture device that they just pretty much, you know, talked about that was a game in the 90s. Do you remember this thing? I'm bringing it up right now. Did you ever play one of these? Oh, I didn't. Uh, Do you know what this is? I don't know what it is. Man, I went to my cousin's house when I was really young and uh, this game, he's like- Oh, it's an electric shocker. Yeah, so he insisted I played. So uh, for those of you listening, um, it's this weird game where there's a a little uh, holder and on the holder, there's four handles and it's a four-player game. On the handles, there's little conductive um, parts. So you grab it um, kind of like a like a, a handbrake in a car. And basically, there's this little timer in the center. And I've seen some of them that have a little dot that runs around the side. And basically, you have to press a button on the top of this handle at the right time. If you press too early, you get shocked. If you don't press in on time, you get shocked. Or if you're like the last person to press, you get shocked. And I'm going to tell you, the shock you got from this thing... I mean, as a kid, it could probably take a couple of years off your life, dude. And Jeez. I, that was a torture device. They, they described and it as a game. your mate had this? My cousin had this. Um, he was a lot older than me. And he's, and he's like, you got to play it. And I, I remember <laughs> freaking out. And he's like, and I'm like, I'm done. And he's like, no, 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 keep playing, keep playing. And I was like- Does so it get stronger as it goes on? Dude, it is at max straight off the bat. It is so strong. And um, But I'm, does it ramp up? No, it's just- it's, it's always strong. Dude, it, it, you know like those um gag electric pens? Yeah. That strength. I remember being able to, to just hold that. Beast. I was a tank. Just Iron Man 2022, you know? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and I wanted to also mention for our viewers on who listen to our CIA Project Stargate um, remote viewing thing last time I spoke about it. Yes. The guy's name was Joe McMonagle. If anyone was wondering, this is the CIA guy. This is the CIA guy that got stuck in the dream. I'm gonna let you know right now that you—that was his witness protection protection name. It's gone. Just added him. Yeah, he's gone. He's about to get taken. Unless it was his real, the fake name, fake real name, real fake name. You just you just added this guy. Yeah. To our ten listeners. (laughs) Yeah. Or a hundred, whatever. Or a hundred thousand, whatever. Wherever you're at. Wherever year you're at. Yeah. Listening to 2052. um, When we're superstars. How's the fashion? Yeah. We're talking about that. How are you dressing in 2052? Yeah. Oh, I wanted to tell you this story that I uh, remembered the other day that uh, my my friend told to me years ago, and I wanted to tell you. Yeah. Um, so this was, I got told this story in, what was it, 20, probably like 2012, like I got told this story, so about okay. 10 years ago. World ending story. And I was working at a supermarket chain at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was a checkout person. And I spoke to this guy who worked with me on the checkouts. And he told me this story. He, I noticed that it was very odd. I, I noticed that he he never went to the toilet, which was weird. Or, or very often. Or like, uh, that's what I noticed. And he, I, I mentioned to him, like, I never see you go toilet. Like, you never have a toilet break or <laughs> anything, right? It, was that, he was says, that in like a, like you're a suspicious way? Or you're, or you're like... Like, congrats to you, dude. You're such a hard worker. I never see you go toilet. No, it was more of a curiosity thing. Okay. And he he told me that he had 
this situation happen to him by birth of feats of strength and trauma. This ability to hold his urine for for an, over a day, he could easily hold it. Right. And he told me this that when he was in high early high school, that his mate told him on a dare to see how long he could hold his pee for. <laughs> and he dared him. I don't know why he accepted this. He dared him to hold his pee and to to go to the toilet for a week. A week. So he 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 this was the dare, right? That he was going to go for an entire week without pissing. And the you know, guess what the reward was? If you had to guess, for such an impressive feat, what what would it be? A powerade. To quench his electrolytes. <laughs> you don't need more liquid at that point. <laughs> uh, you'd think that the strategy would be, I don't drink as much, so I don't need to pee as much. Yeah, but what would you do something like that extreme for? In high school or primary yeah, school? Yeah, high school. I feel like a hundred bucks is a lot of money in high school. Maybe not like to kids now, but like... A hundred bucks? In high school... Well, okay. Kid, what kid can get more than a hundred dollars? That's like birthday money or some shit. Well, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I could even do it. I don't think anyway. I could do it. No way. So, the reward was twenty dollars. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's high school. That's high school. And he said it went like this. He, I said, did you plan this out to have you know low levels of um, water and liquids during the day and, you know, think this out. And he, he just said, no, I'm just completely normal, drinking like normal. I said, okay. So he explained it to me. And he was not embarrassed telling me this story at all, by the way. He was so proud of it as if, like, I did good. So he told me that he, the first day was almost well, – it was already – by the end of the first day, he thought, man, this is going to be really tough. And like I, for instance, you know, if I wake up in the morning and I got to go, I could not picture holding it all the rest of the day. I'll lose about an hour of sleep in the morning fighting the urge to get up to pee because I need to pee, but at the same time, I'm tired. Yeah. So he said, end of the first day, it was already insane. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, well, no in my mind- if that was happening to me and it's like first day, I would just call it right there. He completes the first 24 hours, right? He gets, he does it. Incredible. The next day he's waking up. He says he's in agony, right? Oh, yeah. He he says it's like killing him. It did not stop him. He powers on, or he couldn't go to school. He He had to, he had to tell his mom that he didn't feel good. And then he's rolling Dude, around. this guy in, wants 20 bucks. This guy wants 20 bucks. He's rolling around. Yeah. The mum says, okay, you better take the day off school, you know, sleep this off, whatever it is. His stomach bug. He's like, ah. Oh. It's not even to the point where he's embarrassed to tell his parents. Like, he hasn't told the parents what, what what's going on at oh, all. He gets, he gets slapped. So Just pissed. Yeah. So... He makes it another day. I can't believe this, dude. This he is says insane. he is in excruciating pain. The third day he wakes up, the mother's so concerned with the level of distress that he is experiencing that they they take him to hospital. 
How do you not have that dream when you need to pee and you and you pee in your dream? I have and you no idea. That's what I said as well, but it, it didn't happen. I think at that point when you're holding it so long, there's some there's something going wrong with your body. Anyway, his gut is killing him, and the mother says, "Okay, we're taking you to hospital." And instead of just going at that point, ah, nah, I, I'm just I'm just gonna go toilet now and make it feel better and not go to hospital. He goes, he goes to hospital. What? He goes to hospital. Oh my god, dude. And he he gets there and they rush him into emergency because they think he's like appendix is gonna burst. And he he they do all the tests and they do a scan and the doctor comes in and goes, they say to the parents and everyone, his bladder is like three times the size of human capacity right now. And it is like swollen beyond belief. His gut was like expanded. That's how oh, big it was. Has to be a, a a mutation to be able to hold your pee. Dude, I've held my pee to the point where the pee is just like, I'm coming out. Yeah. What are you going to do? So, okay. At this point, they tell the parents and he is compl- still holding up the charade that he doesn't know what's going like, on. Honey- do you, are you sure you don't want to just pee? He's like, I So can't, the doctor goes, all right, so we know what the problem is. We also just have to understand why you're not peeing. Like what's going on? There's a blockage. And as soon as the mum leaves, he goes, he pulls the doctor aside and he goes, doc. He, goes, he pulls him <laughs> and he goes, doc, I just got to tell, tell you. Let me, let me tell you something. Have you, have you I've had been, 20 bucks cold hard cash? I've been holding it. <laughs> and he goes, what? He goes, I've been holding it. He goes, you better go to the toilet now or it's going to burst and you're going to die. Like we were thinking about removing it. That's how big it was. Because if it bursts in you, it's just like all this stuff that's going in your body that shouldn't be there, it's, right? It's like acid. And it's uh, waste. It's ex- waste, it's excrete, right? He said he, or the doctor's like, you're a fucking idiot. Go to the <laughs> toilet now. He goes, he said when he went to go, he couldn't go. Because he had been holding it that long that the body was like not ready to let it happen. It was too much buildup. That is ridiculous, dude. I, I can't. I can't believe. I. I don't know. I don't know how he would have the strength to hold on for that long. I, I, even if I was, if I was as smart as him, I'd plan it. I'd wear a fucking nappy just in case, dude. Like I'd be worried I'm gonna die. Oh yeah. Uh, but the thing is, as soon as I felt the pain, I'd call it in. Yeah. I'm pissing. Okay, so he and you believe this, dude. He looks. He, he looks at you straight in the eyes. And he's like, he believed it. I I believe it only because he had. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. Why okay. I believed it. Okay. So he went and he f- went to the toilet and he said it was like passing a kidney stone. Ooh. The pain to go because he had been just you know holding it that long. It just was too much. But he eventually went and it was like. He said it was like a stream for over five minutes, constant. That's how big it was. That's how pigs pee. <laughs> and then, he after that, he said that his bladder had permanently stretched his body. I was picturing this like flappy bladder. Yeah, just flappy balloon inside so, his stomach. This was the reason he could hold his pee for so long. He was able to uh, go to... All day without holding it, uh, without going at all. Like even when he he said he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't go. 
He'd wake up and then maybe at the end of the day, he'd just go once. But he said he would go once, maybe once a day or once every two days. That would be it from then on. And when he needed to go, he would show me and his gut was like swollen as hell when he would need to piss. And then he would come back and it would be like tiny. (laughs) (laughs) So he had this like baby bladder thing going on. Why would you, why would you still like, like, what did you want to try and shrink it? Like he couldn't, he damaged it. Damn. Was it worth the 20 bucks? He didn't get it because he didn't last a week. <laughs> what a fucking combat. You just destroy your body and the kids. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah, exactly. What's the longest? I mean, you can't, you can't really ask about piss, but what's the longest you've taken, gone without taking a crap? A couple of days. I've got a whole, at least like three or four days. Yeah, I think I've done that. Or maybe on a camp or something. Yeah, exactly. Camp. It's exactly the reason it why I'm too did. stressed. When I, when I uh, went to. Uh, Canberra uh, with school I I just uh, yeah I think just mentally I was just I, I hate I have this thing about public toilets I just I hate going in public toilets and or a toilet that isn't my own and um, I yeah I mean I held it this whole three days I didn't go once and um, I remember being thankful for not also being not able to go because I was sharing the room with um there was like six of us to a room. There's like bunk beds and stuff. And there was two people in our room who were, uh, I would say, uh, uh, low on the on the social ladder. Yeah. Um, we didn't want them in the room, but, you know, you get lumped in with them. And we get woken up in the middle of the night, one of these nights, and to crying. Mm-hmm. And the, the teacher um, opens the door. He's like, what's going on? What's going on in here? And- this guy, I won't say his name, but he, um, he's just crying. He's like, oh, I threw up. I felt sick. And, and, and the teacher looked in the bathroom. He's like, oh, all right. We'll, we'll get, get, get something to clean that up. Can you clean that up? And, he, and he's like, yeah, I just, and he just started rambling on. He's like, yeah, I get, I get sick. You know, when it's really dark, I get, I get really sick. You know, I need to have a bit of light. I, 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 otherwise, I get sick. Basically, he got so scared from not having his nightlight at home that he, got, he threw up because it was in the dark. Yeah, okay. This well, is this someone book, in high school. Yeah, okay. But he maybe has, you know, fear of <laughs> something. You're in high has- school. You should not have a fear of the dark. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't know. Like, he might have been, like, something happened to him late at night. And now maybe, he's, like, permanently maybe. traumatized by dark. Maybe. Well, dude, the fucking, um, the kid didn't clean up after himself in the bathroom and there was vomit all over the toilet for like two days. So maybe he was just as well, just nervous being away from home and the dark thing was a cover. Yeah. So you don't know. As an adult, you can see that as a high school kid, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Grow up. Yeah. Oh man. Have you, um, have you watched anything lately? Uh, just a couple of films. Uh, I watched uh, everything. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Very nice. That was which great. I loved, which I loved. That was Amazing fantastic. film. 10 out of 10 for me. What would you rate it? You know what? Um, I'd have to watch it again because my theater experience was ruined by some teenagers. That uh, sucks. You, you know, always get that. Yeah, you know, they couldn't comprehend it. I do get that a lot, man. I've got bad luck with the cinema. You really do. Um, I watched this really interesting documentary. So, you, I, you know, I know you're a huge fan of Dune. Have Love you it. heard of Jodorowsky's Dune? No. Okay. So there's a documentary that was made, I guess, I think in the, in the mid-2000s mm-hmm. um, of 
this movie that this director Alejandro Jodorowsky was making mm-hmm. um, his rendition of Dune, and it and essentially was titled Ale- Jodorowsky's Dune: The Greatest Film Never Made. Okay. Okay. So uh, Jodorowsky was a cult filmmaker in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like a couple of movies under his belt. Actually, there's one of them are on my list to watch, and um, this is so. This is in like I think the late seventies. So this is way before David Lynch's and Denis Villeneuve's um, latest rendition of Dune, and um, he had this like ridiculous vision for the movie. So he he heard about Frank Hubert's Dune, and he's like, I need to make this film. Okay. Okay. So he had this massive vision, and um, it was going to be something like fourteen hours in total. Mm-hmm. Um, he essentially wanted to make the story. Don't you don't you don't? No, know. I can't see. Um, with that he, he essentially wanted to give the feeling of an LSD trip without being on drugs. Okay. And uh, because he had this like massive vision, he he had brought on a huge crew, which was um the one of the most um important parts of this little documentary. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, because he was like a cult filmmaker, he didn't really have like proper uh, film school techniques of how to execute a film. Mm-hmm. So he got on this um comic artist at the time which, who was really famous called Mobius and he got him to essentially storyboard the whole film not only like plot it out but like illustrate camera shots how cameras um, techniques zoom certain framing and he pretty much have illustrated like a whole story of, of, of this massive um, story of Dune and um, yeah uh, you've heard of H.R. Uh, Geiger I think I heard the name the artist who pretty much designed like the xenomorphs and all oh, the alien okay. stuff yep, alien. Yep, yep. Um he got him on board, which at the time he wasn't um really known in, in movies at the time. So it was such a very specific style and he got him to concept uh the artwork um and then and, and, and stuff for the Harkonnen. Yep. As you can see here. So like this is kind of like the stuff the storyboard he was coming up with. And um like I mean, I'm bringing up some of the the concept art for you to look at, but like you can see, like this is like super psychedelic. Um, you can imagine how this thing could have looked if given the opportunity, mm. and like come and look at this like uh, costume design for some of these characters. Like that would have been Vladimir Harkonnen, and it's, it's incredible. So the cast of this film is ridiculous. For Duke Leto, he was going to cast David Carradine, who. Plays Bill in Kill Bill. Yep. By that time, he was in his prime. Um, Paul Atreides would have been played by his the director's son, who he made like train like three hours a day for two years or something with a French martial <laughs> artist in order to get ready for the role. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Emperor, which we didn't get to see in this latest rendition, um, but he is in the story, was going to be played by Salvador Dali. What year was this? This was in late 70s. Yeah, okay. And Salvador Dali was like, obviously eccentric as fuck at the time. So he's like, I will do it no less than a hundred k per hour. And <laughs> he's like, he agreed. So he's like, made back up- then, yes, dude. And he essentially made up this thing where he's like, okay, I'm gonna, I, I I'm gonna film him for uh, an hour, and I'm gonna get a mannequin in place of him throughout for all the other parts of the film. <laughs> this guy's fucking and, cooked. Um, so he, he he accepted like letting him like um come in come on a hundred k packet for an hour um mm-hmm. 
Vladimir Harkonnen was going to be played by Orson Welles, who at the time um, had quit acting, but he came on um, with the um, only um, only agreement that uh, if his daily meal was made by a chef from his favorite restaurant. <laughs> so, Why are all these random people coming on with such huge bizarre? Bit. He's like, I have to have you in my film. You ha- you are perfect for this role. And he's like, okay, on this uh, only on this on one this bizarre term yeah. condition. Um, Fade, who in Lynch's version was played by Sting, was going to be played by Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, you're going to love this dude. The soundtrack, the uh, the the band that he got on board, Pink Floyd. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes, dude. And yep. they were happy to do it. It was going to be. Huge. How much would this movie have costed? So that takes me into my next part. Uh, so this was like, you know, this was a lot of pre-production. Mm-hmm. He was um, building this big team. And this is in the 70s. So no one had seen anything like this before. This is before things really took off. Salvador I think, I, I believe, let me. I, I hope I'm not getting this um, wrong. It's either late 60s or late 70s. Um, yeah, I know. Um, so there were about $2 million in pre-production. Before um, they had they and then, and they had sent out these and you, there's um you can see you can find you can, I can find pictures of them but there were these essentially these huge novels uh, with all the illustrations concept art story plot, storyboarding everything done for a studio to pick it up to fund it and pretty much because he had done all the groundwork he had gone around the world he got the team and he was like okay we're gonna mm. make this happen um, obviously. It was a little too ambitious at the time. No studio picked that up. They're like- five, It would have cost 500. It would have cost a trillion dollars, a billion dollars. It would have been stupid. Yeah. It would have been stupid. But um, yes, yeah, so, so over studios were like, bro, what are you doing? Like, no one's ever done this before. I'm not taking the risk on this. And also, look at the movies you've made, dude. You got no, like, you're not known that well. Yeah. And also, this is before Star Wars, right? This is before Star Wars. Okay. Which um, I'll get to that. So- um, Unfortunately, later on, uh, I think the rights to Dune um, went up for auction again and someone picked it up and worked with David Lynch in the 80s and made Lynch's version and and Lynch directed it. Um, The upsetting part about all this documentary um, is that all his hard work didn't go to waste, but not for his benefit. So... uh, the illustrator that did all the um, storyboarding, concept art, and all that sort of stuff, uh, and the special effects supervisor that he got on board called Dan O'Bannon, they went on to create a graphic novel series, a comic book series together. And um, the comic book that they created um, pretty much illustrated the first ideas of cyberpunk, mm-hmm. and which obviously led into um, movies being influenced by that genre like Tron and Blade Runner that mm-hmm. would never happen if those two people didn't meet. Um, H.R. Geiger was, and, and that special effects guy, Dan O'Bannon went on to work with Alien and yep. H.R. Geiger wouldn't have even been in that industry unless it was for him bringing him to the table and yes. and all that. Um, some of the other team that worked on this uh, pre-production went on to work, work on movies like Fifth Element and Flash Gordon and uh Gordon. yeah and um those are this would have been the 60s then if they're working on flash gordon okay yeah okay because flash, flash gordon's black and white no it's color is it yeah yeah it's it's like uh it looks kind of like around the same time never ending story came it out. must have been half color half black and white no it's like very saturated 
I think it's an 80s movie. Not the movie, the the show. I'm talking about the movie, sorry. Oh, okay. The movie. Is it 90 Day? Keep going, sorry. Um, so. Ow. You guys left again? Yes. <laughs> Dude, and Flash Gordon is uh, 1938, 1940s. What about the, the movie? I don't know what this is. It's seasons of show. Well, the movie. Okay, there was a movie in... 1980. Uh... 1982 and 1986, 1987 was a cartoon or something. It's probably the 82 version. Anyway. Sorry. So these huge books that were obviously sitting in um, studios, movie studios um, offices went on to like help out a lot with massive franchises that were coming about. So there's um, scenes in A New Hope that like, exactly mirror some of the sketches that were made for this movie, like mm-hmm. lightsaber jewels and um, that little droid that Luke practices with that shoots little lasers at him. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, That was in this. Wow. Uh, and and uh, So it's like setting up all these other uh, types yeah, of yeah, they pretty uh, much pop culture. Took all his work and spread it out amongst movies that they wanted, they wanted to put money into. Yeah. Um, there was uh, set designs that um, you could have seen in Flash Gordon. And even costumes that were like this sort of level that were used in Flash Gordon. If you see them, like they're just super, super over the top. Um, even like one of the final scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark, when you see the raid, uh, the the Ark open up and, and the fucking mist go out everywhere, mm, mm. that is like scene for scene taken from these storyboards. And wow. um, you know the scene in the Terminator where you're seeing through the Terminator's vision and it's like the heads-up display. Yeah, it's yeah. all red and little white. Yeah. That had never been done before. Where had it been done? In these storyboards. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it was just, it's crazy. Um, even all the way up until like uh, Prometheus, which was, I don't know, after two, 2010, mm-hmm. um, one of the uh, space jockeys' um, buildings looks eerily reminiscent of H.R. Geiger's artwork for the Harkonnens. Wow. Yeah. So um, this guy put in so much work, got sent back, and then all his work got used. So H.R. Geiger's, did he get paid for doing all this work and drawing? I'm not sure. I'm or sure, his concept art? I'm sure the pre-production got paid. Like everyone got paid, you know, for yep. the pre-production stuff. But after that, obviously- you know, they couldn't go on to get the benefits of, of a of yeah a building the concept film. art and doing all the storyboards yeah. and stuff. It's a shitload of time put into it, especially if you're drawing back then you oh, know, and coloring. And this was like um, heavy, heavy storyboards. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll put it up on the screen for yeah. you guys. Um, but yeah, man, what do you think about that? Wow, that's pretty cool. And oh, what? Do you think, though, if the film went ahead, it would have been everything that we're hyping it up to be now? I think so. You think it would have been that good? Because- That's a thick such, book. It's huge. It's. I think there's only two copies that's um, like a that full, exist at the moment. full hand yeah. put th- to, to the max. I think there's only two copies that exist at the moment. Um, you can find a digital version online, but um, yep. it is so detailed that you could animate probably all the sketches and get a movie out of that. Wow. Yeah. So much effort. It's a lot of effort. And um, I think that he really did have a vision. He, it, um, There's so many iconic movies that we- Do we you know what, how much money it would have costed to make? Have they theorized how much? I think they did. I can't remember the m- number off the top of my head, but um, yeah, it was it was a significant number. 
But um, would yeah. it have been the most expensive film ever made at the time? I would think so because I mean, this guy was like it was going to be fourteen hours long. What? Yeah, a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! It was going to be. He had a massive vision. So was he his plan to like break it up over multiple films? I'm not too sure. Because you can't. Have I'd have to watch it again. There's a lot of information, but I it's was just never like, been done now. No, no. Unless it's you know creator content. Yeah, yeah. But uh, man, wow, incredible. But uh, you know what? The vision. book I've heard the book is pretty intense. So the 14 yes. hours probably wouldn't be needed to do it justice. Yeah. But um, just the you know the fact that all these massive movies that were that are iconic, Star Wars, yeah. Alien, yeah. Fifth Element, um, just all took pretty much his hard took work. Bits. Yeah. yeah. Do you think they looked at that directly though, to then get the ideas and concepts? It's it's you can't say for certain, but it's pretty like it like when you when you see the 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 side for side comparisons, mm. you wouldn't you would it's just it's just too close. Okay. It's just way too close. Yeah. Especially I- because his crew went on to work on these films. Oh, okay. Then you yes. Know? Yes. They would have taken heavy inspiration. Oh my god, we get this cool idea, and I'm going to fit it in this this other film, and that we can squeeze into yes. because I work so hard, and it's going to. You're work. crazy. That's going to cost too much. Let's keep that book. Let's keep that book. That's a good yeah. book. We can make <laughs> yeah, money cool. off this. Um, and, and and apparently, like when David Lynch's version came out, you know, he obviously didn't go to the cinema to watch it, but he he was so happy to hear that it was such a bad. It was a big flop. Why? Because he had put so much. Money effort into his dune to find out that uh you know 10 plus years later hollywood was going oh yeah let's okay, let's do a dune movie and it's like well so now you want to do dune yeah, and then, okay. then turn it to be a flop he's like oh it's kind of oh, nice it's kind of yes. nice knowing that um that it didn't what succeed yeah. in the way that he made it it would have been yeah it would have been better in his vision okay cool yeah do you think it would have been better than the one that just came out I don't think you could compare those two. You could probably compare it to David times. Lynch's one. Yeah, such different times, right? Very different As times. Well. And um, the Denis Villeneuve um, in the trailer for 2021's Dune put a cover of one of Pink Floyd's songs as a little ode to the creation of this potential film. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a lot of shit. Right? Can you buy this book? I don't think you can. I think there's only two in existence, um, but you can find digital versions online. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, um, cool. If you want to watch that documentary, I I mean, you can scale the net. I found a French version on YouTube which had some uh, strange subtitles when they were speaking English. I think it had English subtitles, uh, French subtitles when they were speaking English and then English... Uh, it was like flipped. It was, yeah, it was flipped and then you couldn't figure out what anyone was saying. Okay. Yeah. What was it called? The Docker? I think it was called Yodorovsky's, Yodorovsky's Dune, the great greatest movies to never exist. Okay. I got to watch this now. I'll send you the you link. Always come, you always come with some amazing um, content for me to look at. Um, yeah. Yodorovsky's wow. Dune. Okay. And yeah. 14 hour documentary. 14 hour documentary. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating, man. And it's... um. It's really upsetting because he really had a passion for this. He had a vision, and I mean, you can just see the work that went in behind this film. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. You can see he he knew what he was doing. He knew what he wanted to do, and it was just 
I think it really would have been incredible to watch. He looks like he's still alive. He's old. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if he's still salty that he didn't get to make it. Imagine his son that did all that training and didn't get to um even act. Only six months, and then he's jacked anyway. Yeah, I don't right. know. I don't know how long it, his son trained for, but um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I like it. All right, I'm gonna hit you with something a bit off topic, but yeah, go for it. I want to. I want to hit you with this now. Conspiracy. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> all right. I came across this and I I, I saw it a, a while ago and then I forgot about it and then I saw it again and I remembered it and dug more deeply into it for you. So okay. you could have all I appreciate info. this. Okay. Picture this. 2013. Okay. Okay. Have you ever heard of this? It's a video game called Kanye Quest. Have you ever heard of it? No. Good. All right. This indie developer makes this game, had never made anything before. Drops this game by himself, apparently created it on RPG Maker. And RPG Maker is like this very simple tool to help build RPG games and um, Undertale and a bunch of other games are made on it, which are super popular. Are we talking about like a little top-down 8-bit? It's a top-down 8-bit type of game, right? Kanye Quest was very similar to kind of like Pokemon, Pokemon. you would walk around a city and battle other people and solve these problems and get stronger and level up. It's an RPG game, right? It's called Kanye Quest. You play Kanye. All right. People loved it for the most found, for the most part. It was pretty funny. Did well, right? Two years goes by. Two years and, and that was it. The author didn't say anything else, didn't do anything else. Everyone loves it. Two years go past. And then someone discovers something very strange about the game. Mm-hmm. They, they, there was a lot of random stuff like NPCs and stuff that would ask you to type in codes and random stuff. And they thought, okay, it's just it's just stuff that didn't get finished in the game because it was an indie game developed by some dude. Yep. So you know it's not perfect. But this one this one user digs deep, looks into uh, into into this specific parts of the game. And finds out that the game essentially is some sort of front to this very deep level cult. Okay. So this one user digs into the game and and tries to find um, there's these terminals you go up to during the game and you you interact with them and you like learn stuff from them and save game and and get puzzles solved and stuff like that. He finds one that's broken and he he finds one that's broken and there's a bunch of gibberish on it. Thinks nothing of it, but then he he sees that there was like some sort of like distort distorted type of code in it. And from what he could make out, he understood it was Morse code. Okay. Right? There's only a little bit of fragmented of it in, in this section. He's playing the game and during the trailer of the game, he finds that there's this secret Morse code hidden right at the end of the game. All right. Right? And the Morse code translates to ascend. Okay. okay? This is getting, this is getting <laughs> the juicy. The glasses dude. are off. So you're just like, okay. Dude, yeah, I'm like my, I, I was like, dude, I need to, I need to, you're taking me on a journey right now. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm following. That's fine. So he digs deep and tries to find out what to do with this, with this thing. So he goes and talks to every single NPC in the game. And there's one of them that just says something very generic, like, 
do what do you want to do? And then there's a, a section where it just asks you to type in keys. He types in ascend and it ta- the screen goes black and it takes you to some absurd, absurd different game where you're just a butterfly flying around terminals and interacting with them and it's asking for codes. Oh my God. With no other explanation, right? He cannot find anything about it. He's talking to people online. No one knows about it. Um, and he's like, okay, I, I'm completely stuck with this game. I, I don't, I cannot progress. There's no other hints for this. Nothing. It, and and no one had found this as well. So he data mines the game. He was pretty good. Um, I, I mean, I personally would feel accomplished just to get to that level. Just to get to that level, yeah. right? He data mines the game. And so that means like reverse engineers. It looks okay. at the code at a right. basic level and tries to figure out what's going on. He finds three random names and the names are like Cockeye uh, or Kukai, uh, not Kukai. Um, it's a Kokelana or something like that. Very strange, obscure names mm-hmm. that have no meaning, no reference. They're not even English oh, they're words. They're real words. Okay. They weren't real words, right, but right, there was right. just random stuff. He types them in, finds online a, a, like a, a in, on the backhand comment of some random forum. There was some some users talking about an investigation into a cult of called Ascensionism. Okay. So he's found this online just from these keywords. He found these people talking about this cult of Ascensionism and he could not, he, he was thought he was stuck. He was like, okay, I, I don't know what's going on. So he starts calling people on trying to get in contact with these people on the forum and the forum Oh, so first of all, his his first inter- sorry, his first idea is to contact the dev who created the game and go, "What is this stuff?" The dev comes out and goes, "Bro, I didn't even make the game. Okay. I got given this game and was told to put it online by some publisher, some random guy." He's like, "Put this online. You can take the credit for it." Blah blah blah. I would have been scared to even contact the dev if I felt like I'm stumbling across some cult shit. Yes. So. Also, when you type I'm, this I'm going code, in incognito when you mode type on this code into the game, the game immediately says, thank you for finding this. Um, the whole rest of the game is a front and what you're about to reveal is the real information in the game. Oh! And they say, if you don't want to know and don't want to be like in trouble, essentially, like you don't want to be found, exit now. That's some freaky shit, dude. And you know what? Um, Hold on. It's, it's a lot more. I would have exited there. Yeah. I, I probably would have exited there. Yeah. So anyway, he comes again uh, across this random investigation into ascensionism, yep. and he f- he had to make yeah real phone calls to people, and piece together all this random abstract symbolism, right? And he could he was asking people, you know, what does this word mean? Where where did you where does uh, ascensionism live? Uh, like where was it created? And it came up with all these like random abstract words. He was able to pull out. Not in the game whatsoever. He had to call people to get in contact with them and then pray after months that they would get back into him and tell him what's going on. Yeah. After he had done 20 words and they were all completely abstract with no with no meaning whatsoever and no hints to them whatsoever, takes you to a third layer of the game and asks you wow. if you want to ascend again. <laughs> and, you as- and you ascend, right? And then you're just like in this black room and you have to then walk around this area where you where it wasn't even very obvious but you're walking around this area and you're 
in this random terrain, he pieces together to a random terrain um, and it becomes a QR code, right? And this QR code takes you out of the game. The website's completely scrubbed from the internet, but essentially it said it took him to some um, record label called Ascensionism Records and they had a Twitter page with just nonsensical gibberish on their page for two years, right? He tries to get in contact with them. I'd be so scared. Yeah, I'd be so scared. I don't want to go any further. So... He get he thinks he's able to beat the game using all this crazy shit, and then at the end of the game, it asks you to type in your real address and name, and that they'll contact you because you've gotten this far. All right, all right. Look, no way. He does it. Oh, and then he claims just that, doesn't care. So what? So someone else was able to recreate all this because he put it out there on the internet, but. All the shit had been taken down. All the websites had been taken down. The original website had been taken down. The original game had been taken down by this point. You know, couldn't even much. find it anymore. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And they looked up this Ascensionism records and you could, it like, it didn't even exist. And there was a record label that they couldn't even find. It's like a registered business? Oh, yeah. Registered okay. business. Okay. They couldn't find it. Right. They didn't know what to do. Um, and he put his name and they're like, we'll contact you and you'll know when you'll contact uh, us. Nah, dude. What? Um, right now, the record la- la- label has been dissolved and removed from the internet completely and all the websites and anything linking to it has been taken down as well. Okay. No one knows. Never got to... No one knows what it was for, but Ascensionism is like this cult of you kind of like... Kind of like Scientology where you level up in lifetimes. Okay. And... And for instance, they believe that if something bad happens to you, it's because you asked for it to happen in a previous lifetime. Bit of a cop out. Yeah. So. So wait, this this guy, no one ever heard from him after that part. Nope. That's what they believe. Anyway, this is what I came across. This is my investigation into it. Don't know if it's real or not. Don't know if it was all an elaborate super meta game. Because it's like the heroin microdosing guy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know if it's real or if it was just some something, but the game just kept saying, you know, you've you've found the real thing. Has and anyone found the game? Yeah, you can find people- copies of the game, but it's not the original anymore. Oh, damn. I was going to say cuz like you could take this information and try it out yourself to see if you could Yeah, I think you can find- I think you can recreate that stuff in the game, but Okay. I think you can recreate a lot of this in the game. But you can't. In terms of like the the outsource people to contact you, that's all dissolved. Yes, so apparently went, that's all yeah, gone. You can't go any further. Yeah, the Twitter's down, all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, Twitter's down. They yeah. had all that's left now is some Tumblr with the, just a, a, a password that no one knows. Wow, so creepy. That is very. Freaky, I don't know dude. why Kanye as well. No affiliation with Kanye. He didn't create it. It's just called Kanye Quest. No idea why. What was the original base game? Kanye like, Quest. Are you Kanye? Yeah. You can't, and you just, but that has nothing like to do with the ascensionism part where you're a butterfly flying around. It's so creepy. The game is so creepy, man. What if um he's a he's one of the affiliates? I don't know. Freaked me the hell out when I was listening to this story. Yeah, man. Wow. I would have been so scared. I mean, like, no, nah, that's it. That's enough. As soon as I become ascended. That's very scary. Yeah. Have you um ever heard of some of those Pokemon theories of the game? You mean like missing number and all that stuff? Missing no and kind of like how the world even is. How did it come about? Okay, what do you mean? I like I I heard this interesting theory where 
Um, the reason that there's barely any parents around mm-hmm. and it's just kids going through these leagues is because there was this- Oh, it's like fan theory. Fan theory. Yeah. Um, like there was this, I guess, a great- War against um, that all the all these like adults got destroyed because they were genetically modifying animals and they created Pokemon as a byproduct and all these Pokemon <laughs> just killed out a bunch of people and the kids wow. survived. Wow. Um, and there's another one, but I, I won't go into the uh, the other one because it's it's half baked. But okay. Well, well, what I what I've always thought was really weird is like in um in Pokemon when they eat meat, what do they do? Where do they get the meat from? Another Pokemon? Do they eat them? Yeah. And like, I haven't seen the show. Obviously, in a long it's time. never explained. It's never explained. But like, I haven't seen the show obviously in years and years. But I know like the new Pokemon. Like some of them, like they just clearly ran out of things. Like I think one's like an ice cream cone. Yeah, I think one's a chair. It's like what are, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah it's not doing? good. It's not good at all. Yeah. Nah, they've had a they've had a, a big run, and they should have just stuck with the originals. But you know what? I think it was is that they want to have more cards to collect, more collectibles, more. Once you get them all, it's kind of. You know, that people get bored of it. You just got to get more collectibles. Once the sales drop, yeah, pump yeah. out another 150. There needs to be... Um, I think the first three generations are pretty sweet. After that, it got stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But For there's sure. always more Garfamon then. Exactly. Garfamon needs to keep existing. More Garfamon. I'll put him out of business. That's the whole conspiracy, dude. There's only more Pokemon because Garfield needs to keep feeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it had to be this way. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, um, I wanted to talk about one more conspiracy theory, if you're up for it. I'm totally up for it, dude. Oh, no, first, actually, first, actually, I wanted to come, I came across this crazy fact. All right, this is a bit more offbeat, which is good. Yeah. If you had to guess off the top of your head, what's the one of the coldest places you think humans can live in a town? How cold do you think it could be before it's inhabitable? Um, and do they have all the luxuries of like heating and yeah, stuff they like got that? all the tech they want in the world, but it's just like what's reasonable for human existence? Uh, that's a tough question because like people are like in Antarctica doing studies right now. They're, yeah, yeah, they got a bunker there. But I'm talking yeah, but they 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 got a bunker there, but they don't do extended trips there because they can't. There's no they they need food delivered. They can't grow anything there. Right. You know they can't catch oh, any okay, food there. Okay. So this is an inhabited town, right? It's a town that that people live. People can can survive, yeah. self-sustain. Do you know? Right. So you know what ha- I mean? It's like you can go to Antarctica and live two weeks, but my God, it'd be rough and you yeah, might die. Eating astronaut food. Yes. Uh, that's a tough one. So in this scenario, um, is is there seasons in this area where things can grow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real place. This is a, this is a real place. I'm I about like to tell Greenland you. or something like that. That's yeah, but like- what temperatures do you think you could survive at? It's in the negatives. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be below freezing. Yeah. Um, so negative, it's below zero. I guess it's like, how long are you going to be spending outside? Well, you're just living your life permanently there. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying you in particular, but what do you think people can do? What do you think people can achieve? I don't know. After below, uh, like, I know like minus 10, like, is like an average thing for like, if you're in Canada or something. So obviously yeah. it's way below that. Okay. Um, And that's like, you know, snow, snowed in type of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, you're snowed. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, I don't know. It's hard. I'm, I'm going to say minus 30. All right, minus 30. You're way off. Okay. <laughs> it's way colder than that. Right? It's way colder. All right, this place, even though it's not even the closest, it's there's one place that's had a, a colder temperature before, but this place is the coldest year on year. 
negative 67 degrees it gets to. Oh, my God. On the regular. And people live here. Oh, yeah. People live there permanently. It's a town. It's in Siberia. Oh, right. Okay, Siberia, yeah. Negative 67, school only closes at negative 55. Dude, those people are tough out those there, tough. dude. tough. Man, did you hear about that family that um, was found in Siberia and they had no idea that World War II even happened? <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, I, I, I watched this ages are ago. They but that disconnected from they, the planet. Yeah, they, but one family. One family. Um, there living was a in few the bush. Generations like, in the oh, cabin. my God. That's amazing. Um, the, like, when they were found- uh, the dude looks so disheveled. Like, I think their pots that they were using to cook with, like, had pretty much almost rusted through. They were, like, tattered clothes and stuff like that. And they had no idea World War II had even happened. <laughs> that is amazing. So, they yeah. had no tech at all. No radio, no, no they, nothing. They went full recluse. I think an army found them on, uh, on a way. And um, these people just had, like, there were several things that they... have. have bring it up. Um, but these, these people pretty much... Um, lived throughout several massive world uh, events and without any clue. Okay. What? Sorry, you're going to have to help me out here. Um, what is it? The Lykov family, a family of six, spent 42 years in partial isolation from human society in an otherwise uninhabited upland of the Abakan Range in Tashtipsky district. In uh, Siberia? Southern, Southern Siberia. Okay. Uh, since 1988. Wow. Okay, that's right. pretty cool. So they had no idea about anything going on in the world. They missed a lot of stuff. So, yeah, they, they I, I believe they, I think they, they fled to this area in um, the late 30s. Okay. And they were far away and uh, they were discovered by a helicopter pilot who then like, was like, oh my God, this is actually real. You don't know that any of this happened. And then they came back with supplies and rescued them. I think there's only one survivor now. Um, but so they just, what, camped it down for like, uh, what, 80 years? They accumulated like thought, herds of goats and chickens and like- they, So were, did they want to contact people, but they just never could? Or was it that they were just happy living there and they thought, oh, I'm a disconnect? I think it was out of fear and then they did Maybe not- the world's all screwed up, you know? It was fear and then they, they didn't know that- um, it was too. It was too uh, risky to even check it out because I think they fled because of some sort of a war or something event. Okay. So they're just like, all right, we're safe here. We stay here. Wow. I know because Siberia is vast. Yeah, it it's is, huge. It's massive. It's and it's pretty uninhabitable. uninhabitable. It's exactly so. That's that's nuts. Cool. That's really cool. I wonder if um, if you would live a very mentally healthy life just living so disconnected from everything else. I think this guy, I think the father or the grandfather at this time um, went a bit a bit crazy, stir crazy. Okay. Yeah, is, you can get some real thing, bad things happening if you're that insular. I don't think they're very educated and um, yeah, it, it just, you know. Uh, also, what's up with the, how do they like, you know, generation to generation, if it's all one family, do they interbreed? I think one of the people sacrificed themselves so children survived. Holy crap. Uh, several children died. I think three children died. And uh, yeah, you know, just health health stuff like pneumonia and stuff. Like A lot of people died. I think there's only one survivor after a lot of it. Um, Holy shit. How yeah. scary. You can watch, um, there's a few videos online about that. 
Okay. Yeah, well, I'll definitely look into that. That's pretty cool. It reminds me of um, uh, this other family that you you just reminded me of, this very insular family, family in Kentucky um, over 200 years ago. They started, they had um, a blood condition which caused their skin to be blue. I've heard of this. And they yeah. were super insular. And they, I'm pretty sure they inbred yep. to keep the, the, the blue skin they happening. Liked they liked it. Was it um, something that you could die from? Or just, you could act normal, uh, the, you could the, normal? It was called um, methamoglobin. It was called meth. Don't it's do excess, it. sorry. It's a recessive disorder caused by excess methamoglobin in the blood, which limits the amount of oxygen delivered to the cells and results in blue skin, purple lips, and chocolate brown blood. Oh, jeez. So they, is this real? I heard a story that um, they, they were all inbreeding to keep the bloodline pure and they wanted to keep the, the, the blue blood happening, like the blue skin, which made them really kind of strange, but also, um, you know, a lot of health issues for them. Right. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Where is that in America? It's Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. They were called the... The Fugate family. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I got one more thing. If it's another in the other conspiracy thing I was talking about. Shoot me with another conspiracy. All right, here we go. The conspiracy is completely bonkers, but I came across it and thought, all right, could be, who knows? I love this stuff. I don't know if there's irrefutable evidence that I've, that I, I haven't looked into the actual person and thought, Okay, it's it's 100% confirmed. So, you know, this is what I heard. We like food for thought here. Yeah, it's food for thought. So, Elvis isn't dead. Okay. Is the is the thought is the the It's like uh, a two-pack. Yeah, it's it's two-pack situation, right? I saw him <laughs> I saw him in Miami with my mate. He was there. <laughs> so, there's this guy called John Cotner and he's Got a YouTube channel, Con- John Cotner, eighteen thirty-five. Go look him up on YouTube. John Cotner on at home. All he uploads is Elvis Presley covers. Okay? okay, every single his YouTube is just him singing Elvis Presley song. Someone has gone online and found him and photos of him and looked it up and did very specific analysis about this guy. One. He looks just like Elvis, right? Just older, clearly. Okay. Is he heaps fat? If you look, I'm going to put it on the screen. If you, uh, so someone did a vocal analysis on him and said that there was like an insane amount of match to his voice because he's doing original original songs and covers in, and he sounds just like Elvis. Okay. Also, on his left eye, Elvis had a small scar or an indentation on his left eye. Someone found a photo of this dude and looked at it and he has the same exact um, scar on his left eye. It matched up. Someone did a comparison. I'll try and find it. Or do you think like you – because you know like when you go to America, those heavy impersonators, someone would take it to the point where they're like, oh, he had a little scar. I'm going to just nick a little bit of the skin there just to make sure I, um, I look the part. I don't know. He looks just like him too. Okay. So – I was pretty shocked at everything I heard. I'm going to pull up the, the photo of him right now for yep. you so you can have a look. But everyone else at home, if you you can look him up or whatever. 
So this is the guy. I know it doesn't look... That's him there. Kind of that Elvis shape look and nose and face. But here is the okay. comparison. Right here. Have a look at that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If he, if he were to age... So I could that's... See him going you that see direction. Elvis getting... He's fat there. Don't forget, he, he got pretty ugly at the end there. He did. The eye indentation. The eye indentation. Boom, the eye indentation. On and that guy. is a... Uh, that is some Elvis looking dude right there, don't if, you think? If you were to do it yourself, it wouldn't look exactly... Look the at the eyebrow shape. Look, look at the eyebrow shape. This is spot on. Wow. The cheeks. You see the big cheeks? Yeah. He sounds just like him. The covers are insanely good. What do you think? I think potentially he wanted to get out of the spotlight. There were some uh, documents going around talking about putting into Elvis into witness protection back in the 70s. Okay. So, do you think it could be possible? Is there I, actual I, evidence saying that he was buried and like people saw his body go into the ground? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm very much open to that because I've seen similar things about Tupac. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this musician called Akil the MC or Akil MC. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, are saying this is Tupac, um, and there's several uh, things like you've noticed with. Uh, with like scars, um, teeth looking the exact same. Um, a scar that Tupac apparently had on his forearm is like the same scar that this guy has on his forearm. Their facial features and eyebrows are very similar to the point where like you could see Tupac aging in this type of in t- this type of way. That that eye mole and the mole on right near his nose looks yeah. bang on. And it, I'll, I'll bring up this photo of um, what's that guy's name. That they're comparing it to? I think I kill the MC. I kill the MC. Like, look at this. Look at this picture of both of their teeth. It's the same. Hold on, type. I'm going in close. Bring it in real close. The teeth are almost the exact same. Their nose shape is the exact same. Their eyes have the same similarities as well. And I don't know. There's, there's, there is a lot of similarities, and you could picture that. That's an that's an older Tupac. And this guy's a this guy's a musician as well. So it's got the Elvis. Thing. He doesn't look that much older though. It's been 30 years. Black people age really well, you know. But it's been 30 years, dude. The teeth thing is freaky, though. The teeth thing and the scars and there's um, blemishes that the are- The blemish on the nose is full on. Ne- uh, sorry, on the right side of his face, there's like a mole. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's 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 very freaky. But why would he even put himself on YouTube at all? Well, he's under a whole different moniker. Um, he, you know, he's- Does he sound like him? Apparently, they have some similar sounding stuff. And okay. to, to be even be a musician that looks like that. Crazy. These people might have just been like, look, I've had enough. My contract's up. I'm uh, I'm going to- Oh, well then, you know, Tupac out. got shot. And so he might have been seriously fearing for his life. Yeah, man. Witness protection. Yeah, it's a They're thing. Like, look, you know what? We got to, There's no way you're going to be able to get out of this. Yeah. We got to put you away for good. Yeah. Could leave that life behind. Look, the, that for life this, for Elvis, ex- extortion attempts and death threats could be linked to why he left fame behind. There's also, I'm going to try and find and put in a link to the FBI document that came across to yeah, sure. show that they were potentially putting him into witness protection. Yeah. I imagine that is legit. It was that, massive. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't escape it at that point. No you way. just got to just say you dead. Yeah, because, um, it, you know, you're at, like the, you're at Michael Jackson level. Yeah. I mean- it's, it's you just it's are a not sad living life. a normal life. It no. might have spiraled out of control. Plus, he was having a downfall, Elvis. Yeah, and he that was he was after thought. his he was after his prime. He was way past his prime. Yeah, he was, just he living, was, he was living off his riches. Yeah, because um, you know, even though people 
man, like people just destroyed MJ when we were growing up. Hey, oh yeah, it was like I a felt man. So- it was like a witch hunt. It was scary. Like, yeah, like at the time, he, he was went just, along with and the he jokes. Was, oh, but dude, he had no. He was completely messed up as a person. But I think it's because of that lifestyle. It's not. He was like that from a kid, right? Yeah. So you know, his dad forced him to kind of present and and be, um, the person he wanted to be. Uh, wanted to to make him to be yeah. to perform and you know make money for the family and stuff. But one thing I found out was that he, instead of having being wanting to dye his skin to be like a white person, he had that um alopecia. Uh, no, not alopecia. Um, vitiligo. Vit- no, so, vitiligo. Yeah, vit- yeah, yeah, yeah. Vit- yeah, vitiligo. I think vitiligo. I yeah, think sorry. it's called. He had that, and um, um, and it caused his skin to go white. Yes. And so when they showed his chest, and there was pictures of it, it was very spotty yep. around his chest, which he didn't show off very often. He always wore the singlet, and that could have been the one glove thing because it was starting to appear on his one of yes. his hands. So he's like, yes. I wanted to hide that. Yes. Yeah. And I heard he potentially went under the skin bleaching to even out his face. Yeah, because you know he's um he has to look the part. He yes. has to look perfect all the time. Yeah, but the plastic surgery was just on top of that. Yeah. Which which went a bit too far. Once once you mess with the nose too far, that's it. You're gone. He pretty much took it all away and reshaped. The, he made it like a fake nose. Yeah, it was like all gone. Um, I mean, I feel really bad. Like there's that footage of him um paying a bunch of people to pretend they're shopping so he could pretend to shop in a shopping center. Oh, what I love about that is it's it's not a bad thing. His mate owned the store and closed it down for him so he could. He but could he feel shopping. like it was a real yeah, experience. He didn't have to pay anyone. That's, that's, that's know, nice. That's, his his that's really mate nice. set that up for him. That's nice. But it's horrifying to, to think that. you couldn't even go to the shop without yeah. being bombarded by people. You're just so big. Well, I think that's what happened to Post Malone. Like he's he's literally like doesn't live that LA lifestyle. He like lives in Utah or something. And when he moved out there, he, he just went to the shops and people were like, oh my God, what are you doing here? He's like, I just, I want to go to shops. I want to go live my life. I think life. you just get fame way too quickly and you're just like not used to that. Yeah. It's a a big, I think it explodes too much for some people and it just gets them. Well, that's like the whole um, sell yourself. So going incognito by the CIA, you just got to give it up. Yep. You sell yourself to that lifestyle. Or yeah, you sell yourself to the lifestyle or you just fake your death, which I'm sure has happened a hundred times. Otherwise, witness witness protection wouldn't even be a thing. That's true. So I came across that and thought that was super cool. That is cool. I don't know if it's legit, but he's still hey, posting man, content. Those photos are pretty convincing. And like like I said, like you could probably nick yourself to in the same area to get the same scar, but the scar won't heal the exact same way. And That's that right. Scar and, and you're not going to have the same face. You know, yeah. if I went and looked, yeah. tried to be Elvis, it's like, clearly I don't look like Elvis, but that guy did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what another thing is interesting, and but any and we we saw a taste of what Elvis looked like when he was fat as well. And you can only do so much vocal coaching to yeah sound like someone instead of actually being the person that's yeah. sounding like. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to show his audio here because that's a copyright for sure. <laughs> that's how. Um, accurate, that's how they get you. That's, that's how, how accurate get, it is. Yeah. So that was super cool. I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh well. Well, I think we're wrapping it up here, guys. I think that's it for this uh, for this episode, guys. Thank you for watching. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we love you guys. Stay tuned for the next one. See ya. See you next time.